Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Glad you're with us from 6th and Peabody in Nashville and across the Outkick Network. Hutton and Withrow with you. Um, Chad, great news today in regards to uh, Hamlin. Damar Hamlin, Bill Safety, awake, alert, writing notes to doctors, uh, and while still critically ill in the Cincinnati uh, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, um, Reports are, and from the from the doctors on site working with them, they say this is, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, the equivalent of a thumbs up from him that this is the best case scenario of anything that could have happened as far as an outcome when we saw him leaving an ambulance on Monday Night Football. Yeah, the phrase was neurologically intact, which immediately just seeing the, reading the response of doctors everywhere, that's a big step. And what that basically means is his brain is communicating with all four limbs. He's moving around. And Hutton, uh, I know you said it this way also, but the light was on and he was home when they started talking to him. He was able to relay messages by writing to them, to the doctors, even asked a question about did we win the game. Uh, so great news on DeMar Hamlin. This is the news that we've been waiting on. Yesterday I asked the question, what's the holdup? You get worried when you hear nothing like this for this long. Yeah. Typically, when you've got a celebrity in the hospital to this level or an incident like this that everyone witnessed, you're getting you know hour by hour, at least every six or 12-hour updates. That was never happening with this story. Now that we get this this morning with the bill statement and then the press conference from the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, this is all great news and that's what leads to, okay, what's the next step? Obviously for DeMar Hamlin, but also what's the next step for the AFC playoffs? Those questions can be asked now as well. Was the right time to start asking those questions when Skip Bayless tweeted it when he was on the ground and they were talking about what to do next? Now's the time we can start to talk about those things, though. Uh, Albert Breer uh, tweeted that the idea is that the NFL is discussing with teams, and it was something that has real traction, seeding in the playoffs will be by win percentage with the AFC title game at a neutral site if the seeding between the teams was affected by the Bills-Bengals cancellation. The NFL has made it known, and it's been reported first from the Associated Press, that they will not resume Bills-Bengals at any point during the regular season. So then they're off to the next stage of this, which is, okay, how do you determine playoff seeding if you're canceling one game as a no contest, in effect, and you have different records, well, you would go to uh, win percentage. But that does affect teams over one team over the other, and it would give some type of benefit, although there's no perfect solution here in really any scenario. Uh, even if you play the game, you're having one game next week, and hypothetically, you could have two teams, the two number one seeds, with 21 days off before actually playing in the postseason, which is not ideal either uh, when it comes to, I mean, we're, we're always debating whether or not you rest starters in the final week of the regular season if you're playing the f next week. 
um, and what it does to the overall flow chemistry and rhythm of your offense and defense. So I don't think that benefits the top seeds like potentially Philly, maybe San Francisco. And uh, I think most likely right now it's Buffalo or Kansas City given the circumstances. But Breer said that Indianapolis has been floated as the potential neutral site for the AFC championship game if the game is between the Chiefs, Bengals, or Bills because those would be the seeds truly affected by home field advantage when it comes to the AFC championship game. That Breer also said that the, the Colts have not, while they may have talked about this, the NFL has not directly talked to the Colts about it specifically with this model. So just throwing that out there because that letting everyone know week 18 is the final week of the regular season this coming Saturday and Sunday kicks off with Chiefs Raiders followed by Titans Jags on Saturday and then the full slate of games we'll have one big thing on every NFL game later in today's show and uh, I think this is the simplest way to do this yeah your scenario is the most likely to happen I, I personally like the idea of calling it a tie and then allowing the number one seed, where the, the chips fall where they may, elect either home field throughout or taking the bye. The obvious decision is probably to play one less game and take the bye. I think so. But it is a, a fascinating scenario if Buffalo's number two, let's say, and that team decides we're going to you know take the bye. Hudden, we've talked about it throughout the year. I believe home field advantage for the Buffalo Bills matters more maybe than any other home field advantage scenario in the history of the NFL this year for a number of reasons. Could be weather, the fan base. I just think it's a big deal for Buffalo to get that. So if they called it a tie, you're the number two seed. If it was, let's say, you know, Chiefs, Bills, yeah. and then the Chiefs decide we want the bye in the one less game, well, now Chiefs have to go to Buffalo instead of the reverse that happened last year, right, in that great playoff game. So it's it's – it's going to be interesting to see what the final decision is. And I think that we're going to – I mean, shouldn't we have a decision very soon on how this is going to play out? I would well, think by tomorrow. I don't know. Um, because keep in mind, too, if the Chiefs win, but the Bills and Bengals both lose this week, and I realize that – doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Chiefs are the number one seed. Yeah. Even with win percentage. So maybe they're just waiting they could. to see. Yeah, but they – I mean, you still want to know because you, you would have a game the following Saturday potentially. So they need, they need a plan in place to what you're saying. I think the plan will be in place unless that scenario plays out where Kansas City just wins it outright. Because the fourth seed is locked in with either Tennessee or Jacksonville. That's not going to change. So the only seeding that we're really discussing for, as far as the impact of a no contest are the top three seeds. And you know that's also impacted by the Bengals and what happens with Baltimore. You know, that, that also plays a factor in this, too. So, I mean, it's uh, to me, it comes down to the Chiefs and Bills most, most realistically. And, um, you know, I think if you, get that, if you get that matchup in the postseason, if they play it in Indy, that's a nearly identical mileage between Kansas City and Indy and Indy and Buffalo. It's almost I, just nearly exactly halfway between the two cities. Yeah. So that's about as neutral as you can get. And we certainly know they're not playing postseason ball there, although Jeff Saturday is trying to, you know, uh, return serve to Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in just a sec. Quickly, though, some breaking news. Sam Hartman visited Notre Dame, has committed to Notre Dame. So the Pete Thamel report 
that he was going to transfer before he entered the portal, and it was probably going to be Notre Dame proves true. Sorry. Sam Hartman, one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football, yeah. leaving Wake Forest, going to Notre Dame, immediately changing the trajectory of Notre Dame football in 2023. This is how big time the top quarterbacks moving changes the course of and a that's college football be year season. Six for him, right? Caleb Williams from Oklahoma to USC changed the season for both programs. Not that Wake Forest is of national importance. Great program mm-hmm. under Dave Clawson, don't get me wrong, but they're not shifting the national stage that much. It shifts it for Notre Dame, though. If Notre yeah. Dame's as good as he, or excuse me, if Hartman is as good at Notre Dame as he was at Wake Forest, it's a huge story for six, college football. He'll be a six-year player, I believe. Yep. Um, Eddie was in Eddie George, head coach of the Tennessee State University Tigers. They open at Notre Dame in September. He was in here last week, and he was discussing the transfer portal off air. And uh, he mentioned, like, I, I think the the quarterback from Wake is he's he's transferring. I'm like, yeah. The reports are he's going to Notre Dame. He goes. Are you serious? <laughs> and he just, oh, put his, just one more. He put the head in the hands. I'm like, yeah, just go ahead and you know, he's getting a million and a half. Uh, the the program is to play at Notre Dame in Week One. So I'm like, just you know, you knew the writing was on the wall when Dave Kloss and his coach at Wake Forest just said, I can't blame him. He's going to have plenty of opportunities, and I I don't blame the kid if he leaves. That's probably what's going to happen, and that is what happened. And he's battled some some health issues too. So this is great. I mean, I'm. I'm glad we're seeing more and more players. Blood clots, right? And yeah. He had a procedure with that. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah, it's Sam Hartman. They removed a part of his rib? I think or so. Or did something as part of this procedure, and he wears it on his necklace? What? I didn't he know has that a part. part. He has the bone from his rib like a on, shark a, on a necklace. Yeah. Like a bear claw? Yes. <laughs> he wears his rib on his necklace. Wow. Again, this could be a fever dream that I had, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. No, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. I'm jealous. I mean, it's a great story to bring up at a bar. Oh, what's that North, necklace? Is that a shark rib. that you caught off the coast of the Atlantic? No, it's my upper rib cage. It was removed for a, a lung clot operation. Yeah. And you thought you were tough. It's the only thing that Sam Hartman and Marilyn Manson have in common. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Marilyn Manson didn't wear the extra ribs, though, no, just, around his neck. Yeah. He just gouged himself and, <laughs> and drank the blood after he, he did that. Uh, hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360 on all the headlines today. Um, so Jeff Saturday, in response to Kayvon Thibodeau, who was in, in uh, Dockage, watched this game in its entirety this past Sunday. He was here on Monday um, with Kayvon Thibodeau doing snow angels in a celebration of sacking quarterback Nick Foles while Foles was injured and remained laying on the turf. Thibodeau was doing snow angels. And I said, this was the longest snow angel celebration I've ever seen. And Dan said, yeah, it was exactly 10. It was exactly 10 <laughs> snow angels. And I don't know if Thibodeau knew exactly the extent of Foles' injury. And in fact, during the commercial break, Foles got up and walked off under his own power. But uh, interim head coach... It's a very funny visual. Yes. Now that you know that Foles is okay, I mean, we can all kind of laugh at, you know, it's basically his body on the ground and then the (laughs) snow angels next to him after he hits him. I'm glad Nick Foles is okay, but it was really funny. So this lives up to every perception stereotype of both guys in this situation. Number one, Kayvon Thibodeau doing this is should be no surprise, especially to us, Chad, meeting and having him on the show. The guy was going ahead and handing out his measurements for a gold jacket in Canton on Radio Row at the Super Bowl while he was preparing for the NFL It was one of the strangest combine. interviews we've ever conducted on Radio Row. He had sunglasses on, I remember, and it was one of those where you talk to him, and I don't know if he's if it's a bit... 
if he's playing a part or a role or if he's telling the truth about everything. It was extremely odd with Kayvon Thibodeau. He's having a good rookie year, though. Very good. Very solid. Solid production by Thibodeau. So that's right on brand. So is Jeff Saturday's response where he said it was tasteless and uncalled for and went off on Thibodeau celebrating right next to his injured quarterback. That's what you would expect from a former All-Pro center for the Indianapolis Colts turn interim head coach um, trying to finish the season as best he can. And then Thibodeau was asked about it this week and had this response about the Colts interim head coach comments. Who, that's what I'm saying, who's the gatekeeper of when to do something? So once we figure out who the gatekeeper is, then we can write the rules and then we can establish, you know, the narratives and things like that. But until, you know, you guys actually are in the sport and do it and be in that moment, you can't create a narrative on it, you know? Well, we're not creating a narrative on it. The guy, the other team's coach had a problem with it. He's the guy who played the game. The other team's I, don't, players I don't know, had know who he is. No, I just don't know who, like, anybody who commented on it, unless I know who they are, doesn't really affect me. That's it. <laughs> I mean... You know who he is. He's the other team's head coach, right? Well, I mean, if if Lil Nas X commented on it (laughs) and you know who he is, does that make it different? I guess so. Do you have to bring a quote to Kayvon Thibodeau and talk to him in his terms and say, hey, uh, this guy that you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan actually commented on this and said that it was wrong of you to do that. Now will you comment on it? That's ridiculous. How about just ask the question? I mean... But you see my point? Like, instead of having to set it up with this narrative of this person said or they didn't, I get what he's saying in the beginning yeah. of who made who, who's the gatekeeper of what's right and when you can celebrate and when you can't. That, that's a fascinating philosophical question from Kayvon, and I love it. <laughs> but if you have to frame everything with, hey, do you know this person before I quote them? Or how about just ask the question and say, do you have any regrets about doing 10 snow angels? next to an injured Nick Foles on the ground, and then just going from there and uh, allowing him to answer it that way. But the I don't know who that is re- reaction is really funny, uh, giving the yeah, <laughs> Kayvon I mean, Thibodeau's uh, his brash and certain uh, decorum when it comes to I'll be honest, he may he not know who it. he is. Well, I don't... If you're just reading a scouting report and not following the news and looking at a team, I'm not saying that he's not preparing... But he may be just looking at it saying, I, yeah, I don't know who the head coach of the other teams no, are. I, well, I'm just looking at their, op, their, their left tackle you know, or whatever right, you're looking at for the week. It, it's more than uh, – he, he may not know who Jeff Saturday is. But when the reporter is like, yeah, the it's other the head team's coach. Co- head coach is saying this, the response can't be, oh, I don't know who that is. It's, it, literally, it's one of 32 men in the National Football League who are head coaches right now, albeit some of them interim. Like, it's not like a reporter in Indianapolis that you don't – realistically know or wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup. So uh, there's a difference there. But Thibodeau is, he marches to a beat of his own drum if you haven't followed him behind the scenes. And he's actually backing up with production, which I'm shocked by. It is a... You agree? Yeah. Just based on his attitude at the combine? Well, no, I'm not shocked. He was a great player at Oregon. His production doesn't shock me. It was just, with him, it was always, man, it's going to be one of two. He's going to be a great pro or a great pass rusher or the guy's going to do nothing but talk and he's going to be a huge bust. That, that, that was my impression interviewing him on Radio Row. I actually thought that was one of the smarter things I've heard from an NFL player in a while at the beginning of that clip when he's commenting on let's set the rules, then we'll play by them in terms of celebration. That was interesting. Holy cow. Ryan Mudd is uh, waving at us through the window right here, blasting the past. 
from our radio pass here to see us. That really threw me off, but there he is. The great Ryan Mudd. Those who listen to us on national radio know exactly who I'm talking about. Years. And no Ryan Mudd, you He's cannot come prison. in the studio. Yes. He's out of jail now. Um, he was hanging out with Chris Beard. No, so but it's uh, yeah, the, it's 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 a good conversation to have though about how you set these rules. The the other thing that that's kind of buried in Saturday's comments. Saturday admitted this and he was asked about Thibodeau, but he was also asked about the celebration and the fact that the offensive line didn't over didn't go over and just stomp this guy for doing this. And the quote was tasteless from the celebration afterwards, just trash, not a fan of it at all. And yeah, disappointed from the O-line perspective and from teammates in general, we protect our own. Because they let the, the, the Colts offensive line just stood around while you have, I mean, how long does it take you to do 10 snow angels? Seven seconds? I mean, it, while this guy's just laying there and your quarterback is on the turf with a rib injury and uh, Thibodeau's literally laying right next to him doing this. And it's no, a weird no one, reaction. though, because he's on the, I mean, it's... But the offensive line can the come over and do something. The visual's amazing. Well, the offensive line should be helping up their quarterback and worrying about him. But my point is, if the guy sacks him and he's laying on the ground writhing in pain, yeah. and Kayvon Thibodeau gets up and gestures over the top of him, then someone knocks him the hell out yeah. on the offensive line every time. And he's penalized. And it should happen. But when a guy is completely on the ground doing snow angels <laughs> next to – I mean – Looking at Nick Foles, it looked like he was doing Snow Angels too because he's like rolling around. I mean, it looked like they were doing the same thing. It was like a tug of war of celebration and pain because yeah. Thibodeau's doing Snow Angels next to Nick Foles riding on the ground. I mean, I, and also, if if the guy is completely on his back, what is that, supine? Yeah, that's supine, right? Prone is when you're on your stomach. Yes. In the supine position like that, and an offensive lineman jumps on the top of him, full body weight – that guy may not play the rest of the season. I mean, you're going to seriously possibly injure someone, and to do that, even if you're going after someone for celebrating over your quarterback, that's not going to be a good penalty on you. That, that's going to look even worse on film with the NFL if that happens. If you break a guy's rib or injure wow. him in some way, his sternum is broken because a 340-pounder jumps on top of him when he's on the ground celebrating. I just look at these things from all sides, just like Kayvon. I look Kayvon at it and I as are, are spirit animals. Um, vigilante justice is how I would describe it. If uh, an offensive lineman, especially for that team that prides itself, uh, that went into the season talking about how good their offensive line was, stands around while your quarterback is riding in pain, you know, rookie is sitting there doing snow angels on you. Yeah, I think that the worst part is the them, price. I would be more concerned about them not helping uh, Foles and getting to him quickly if he's hurt, then I would them, you know, spearing the guy on the ground for that. Again, standing up, taunting, saying a word, getting in his face, you knock him out of the way. It was just a weird – it's not a celebration you see all the time. I can understand not really getting what was going on in that moment, right? You're looking over like, what is happening? Yeah, bizarre. Um, the NFL draft order updated for the top ten. The Colts factor into this because the Colts play the Texans coming up this weekend and that factors in because the bears can actually still get the number one overall pick in April's draft with a bears loss and a Texans win. If the Texans mess around and beat the Colts at two 13 and one, that's their record. If they beat the Colts. They'll be three 13 and one. And another bears loss makes them three and 14. The Chicago bears would have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Odds are the Texans, you know, do their job quote unquote in, lose this game and end up with the quarterback of their choice. 
and they still may, even if the scenario plays out where the Bears end up with number one, I think the Bears are going with, you know, you, you have a, a spot where it's Will Anderson or Jalen Carter with the number one overall pick for Chicago um, with the investment that they've made and the picks that they've traded for, for Justin Fields a couple of years back. And what they've traded away recently on the defensive side, they could have either they trade out a number one and gain more picks or they have their selection of the top defensive player in the draft. They could also go, you know, trade down and get wide receiver. Scenarios are wide open for Chicago, but they're in a good spot either way. Houston needs the number one overall pick in the biggest way for their franchise. Do we think there's going to end up being a big debate, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud? Yes. Or it's going to be – I mean, we always can create that. I think it will be, though. Other than, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, there's been few years where it's just been no doubt, no real controversy. You know who the number one pick's going to be at quarterback? Uh, I think there's also going to be a big debate about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're foolish not to draft Bryce Young, even with his size, which is not impressive. He's just got it more than C.J. Stroud. Although C.J. Stroud was very impressive against Georgia yeah. and been very impressive throughout his career. He, he definitely no knock me. on him. Yeah, yeah. He's just not Bryce Young. Uh, much better options at QB, though, right now than what we've seen in recent years. Yeah. You know, that, that's the other factor with all this. Uh, coming up, other headlines, including Todd Munkin and the blunt comments on football not being like family. And uh, Chris Sims putting ESPN on blast for referencing something that he said instead of using what he's saying right now based on results of a team that he had out of the postseason, Green Bay, that's now win and in this coming Sunday night against Detroit. All of that and more straight ahead on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, limited participant in Wednesday's practice. He may or may not have the same status today. We're still awaiting word on that, but he's back. And he's back. Chad and I hope he's not coming back just for this one game. Like out of necessity of winning. Because they've dropped these couple where they need to win. And if they don't, if Dallas wins, Dallas wins the division. Crazy to think about. 
for a team that was 11 and one whenever Hertz went down. But he's back, and I'm, I'm hoping the shoulder issue is not something that will follow him into the postseason based oh, yeah. on coming back to play this game and win it and win the division because they'll have the number one seed if they win and they'll get the bye. But you don't want to rush, especially Hurts, if he needs the extra week. I'm hoping they're looking on the cautionary side of this for what he means to the offense, but there's no doubt. Uh, for those that were saying, hey, this is a – we're about to get to Chris Sims. For those that were saying, like, this is a – it's perfect lead into Chris Simmons' yeah, this, comments. This is a, a system that is perfect for any quarterback. Well, Gardner Minshew was close to proving that whenever they played at they Dallas. They played good offense against the Cowboys. They did. And they've played good offense for the most part, right? Like they've turned the football over, but, and, and they, their defense is unbelievable. But Hertz is the, you know, the jet fuel, so to speak to the entire engine that is that Philly offense. They're very diverse. They can meet, beat you in multiple ways. And each phase has multiple players that can do that for you, including Hurts in both areas, both phases, run and pass. So Chris Sims, who's been adamant and very candid on um, Football Night in America, but also on his podcast, is it Unbuttoned? Is that his? Yes. Yeah, his, his podcast with NBC, um, with Peacock, about you know Green Bay and their limitations, but also with Philadelphia and the comments on the quarterback situation with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a good rant. I mean, there's been some good rants in the past year. This is one of the better rants from from Chris Sims, where you can when we when you hear this video or you see it, you can sense the former NFL quarterback competitor. Come this out, is, Chris uh, Sims, where yes. you're seeing a different side because he's Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky on Football Night in America on NBC, but you can see the pissed-off, competitive athlete Chris Sims come and, out. And I'll say this. Um, I You told me to go watch this yesterday. I did. It's entertaining. It's also exactly like Chris Sims was like behind the scenes when he was the backup to Vince Young for the Tennessee Titans in the locker room. When I heard this, I'm like, this He had an is, edge? Oh, yeah. He would talk like, yeah, this is how he would go at it uh, with, with anything, like any argument yeah. in the locker room. I'm, I'm saying like uh, a light argument. Like if you want to argue over politics or over whether or not the dress was, what was it, pink or white or whatever it was, blue or red. Before we go to this video, may gold. I quickly share the story, Hutton, of how I believe Chris Sims is patient zero of COVID in the United States? <laughs> yes. So... NFL Combine 2020. Mm. Hutton knows where I'm going with this. Yes. We're at this. It's a great event to attend, by the way. The NFL Training Combine in Indy. Always get great guests there. We're in Indianapolis. Very cold Indianapolis 2020. A lot of people are falling ill at this Combine. This is late February, early March. Yeah, this is why 2020. It had just been reported that it was in China. Right. So this is like right before, uh, what, two weeks maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right at about two weeks before the shutdown started. Before college basketball, yeah. conference tournaments. It would have been two weeks before college basketball, conference tournaments shut down, NCAA tournament, NBA, all of yeah. that. And then boom, the pandemic hits and everything is shut down at that point. We were scheduled to have Chris Sims, after his podcast, join our show that day. And Chris Sims... Called in sick, did not do his podcast, said he had chills, said he had some sort of respiratory condition, 
and could not do his show or our podcast. And Hutton, what happened to me as we left Indianapolis you, uh, on that trip? You came down and joined us on Radio Row. I had symptom of what we later discovered was COVID-19. We were in that convention center, and I was dressed like this. And Chad was bundled up like he was in Nebraska last week, feeding yeah. the cattle. I looked like I was in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> I had a parka on. I had a Carhartt toboggan you were, on my head. I was freezing. Yes. And you, coughing. You were miserable. Yeah. But you still came down and did the show. You were like right. sitting there like, oh. Uh, and we didn't know at the time, but yeah, we... So you say he was patient zero. I he say, was sick before me. Like he was out, and that was early in our two or three days there. Yeah. And then the two days later, I was sick. But if you remember, there were a lot of people in media that missed their show or yeah. were, were sick. Because, yep. I mean, you go to these events, and it is prime for disease spreading. <laughs> <laughs> not like spring break Panama City Beach disease spreading. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're confined in a, in a convention center. You leave immune. Super Bowl Radio Row in Indy, you are in a convention center with no windows, no fresh air around a ton of people that are yeah. coming in and out and around you on Radio Row at all times. Yeah. Sean Payton's walking by everyone there. <laughs> I've received so many diseases from <laughs> from, uh, from uh, the combine from Rocky Boyman <laughs> doing interviews at the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's anyway. That's just one of my no, theories. I, that's I'm glad out you, there. I forgot it was Chris. I always when that. I think about the COVID nineteen pandemic, I think about Chris Sims being sick right before I got sick in Indy and having to cancel his interview with us because he missed his podcast because he's sick. And then two days later. I was sick. It was probably like a weekend that I was really ill. We got back on a Friday night. I was sick all weekend. But you never know. Also very random. You never know. Chris Sims, Bo Scaife, and Kyle Shanahan all have the same Longhorns tattoo on their ankle. There you go. That's another good fact. I mean, we've really... I don't think any show in history has set up a piece of video and content <laughs> better than we have right now with, with Chris Sims. I, I, I really like Chris. And, and here is Chris ranting on ESPN. I think he's very ESPN. good, by the way, on, on television, yes. on podcasts, and everything. Yes. He's really talented. Here, here is Chris Sims discussing, well, ranting on ESPN for using his comments on Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia offense from a couple weeks back compared uh, to right now. Surprising. And, you know, again... Jalen Hurts makes them better. I know that. And like, f*** you, SportsCenter Instagram, for like putting it out again for like the third time in three weeks. Like, f*** off. Like, really, f*** off ESPN SportsCenter. Like, seriously. They didn't put it out that, that, that in my quote last week after the, the Cowboys game, but they're going to wait to the game yesterday. That's why I hate social media and f*** you, ESPN SportsCenter, one more time on the way out. You wait till it's relevant. You can slam someone. You just, you just... I just don't... I just... Let's wait fucking, for the right opportunity. Do they have... Do they not make content in there anymore? I mean, damn. Stop jocking me, ESPN. Holy well, in, shit. in the whole context, I, I feel like people Give think... you a piece I, of your check. Like, this was in the MVP debate right. context. Like, who is most Invite valuable to the Invite me on SportsCenter and let's have a... <laughs> conversation if yeah. you want to really get into this sports wow. center invite me on espn you scared little babies there you wow. go they're scared they don't want any piece of me and babies yeah yeah that's a low blow i'm, I'm do you think that's terrific that's the part i'm talking about where you, you i could totally hear him doing that Titans locker room he dropped the f-bomb and called someone a baby well he went four times you know he went f-bomb four times about if you didn't get it the first two or three times he goes a yeah. fourth time <laughs> telling espn what he thinks about him now for a company that we work for, an outkick that blatantly goes after ESPN with their takes and gets clicks based off of that, 
I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that what ESPN is doing is wrong. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's what every media group does. When someone at a rival media company says something stupid, you use it against them. I don't think what he said was particularly stupid because it's he Gardner Minshew's one and one basically. <clears throat> Team's zero and two, but yeah, I know what you're saying Chris Sims was kind of proven right with game one and not in in game two. So to selectively post something when it goes your way would be infuriating to me, and it was infuriating to Chris Sims. Oh, now you're going to do it, and you didn't do it the week before. Got it. I understand the frustration with that. I don't think anything that ESPN did was wrong. But here's what I love about it, what ESPN won't do without kick, is Chris Sims is saying, bring me on SportsCenter. Let's hash it out. Let's debate. Let's talk about it. That's something ESPN won't do when someone comes after them. So I respect that about Chris Sims. And I love a good rant at any time. Yes. And, and he also says that knowing that they're not going to bring him on. Of course. But the, there's no... Well, they're cowards. I mean, he calls them out. Yeah. He says exactly what they are. They're cowards. Also, they're going to get the quick social media buzz by it, but then they're going to back away when it's time to actually promote the person, right? Yes. So, so that's, that's what they're also going to do. But here's the thing. Um, I, I stand by this on, on this show. If we were to call somebody out and they were to go on a podcast or do that and say, I'll gladly come on. Have me on, oh. cowards. We would. What's our response? Bring Come it. on the show. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a fist fight, but we'll go right into it, and we'll, we'll have the discussion. No fear in doing that. I love the lack of fear from Chris Sims. I also love the fact that he's doing that from what looks like the lobby of some bank building in downtown yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I can't Oklahoma. figure this out, where they're doing this podcast from. Um, because it, it's, it's clearly a... It's a headquarters of some sort, right? Yeah, maybe it's just the... You know, it's it's a very the odd plaza setup. at NBC. I don't know, but it's weird. Like you, normally, you think a podcast or a studio in like a soundproof, yeah. small area, and he, they're just he, in the atrium yeah, of at, a big office building. Yeah, he looks at he looks like he's on the the mini stage at a mall where Santa Claus was <laughs> uh, set up last month. There's like a rotation of a Kia that's being given away <laughs> in the middle of that where they're going yeah. inside of the mall. You go to look at it. Like, I've never seen one of with these a huge what is red this? ribbon over it in the middle of the mall, <laughs> right next to an Abercrombie. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Forever 21 is, was behind him at that point. Also, remember doing Radio Row in Minneapolis at the mall? The mall oh, of America? Yes. That was another yeah. one where everyone got sick. PK got sick in my hotel room. Uh, everyone got a stomach virus. I think like half of the people that were voting on the Hall of Fame that year were sick at some point during the week before the voting took place. I was just thrilled that we were doing it next to a Panda Express. You're in an incubator you know? when you're at these events. Let me tell you. Everybody thinks we have it so good in media. But I will, you, you get in these events and you are in a disease incubator. There's also like, there is, I think, a mental shutdown for a lot of reporters when you, when you reach the end of the season where you have gone from, it's really from OTAs until the end of the season. You got about a month in between, uh, a month off, I should say, between July or end of June and the start of August. Um. But there is, at least for me, I feel like my body, my brain told my body, okay, the season's over. You can get sick now. And I think everybody goes through that cycle. Maybe it's just uh, February, March is a terrible month for me. Uh, and I could argue every month is terrible. But the, <laughs> the, when it comes to allergies and being yeah, sick, yeah, but the, yeah, the, I think the body shutdown is a real thing for people that are grinding over a, a very specific part of the calendar. 
And then there is just a deep, like just a dive off the cliff, and then you rebound and come back up. Yeah, I, I feel like I get sick around the same time every year, yeah. and I think it's like a moon cycle of uh, the lack of sunlight I'm getting at certain times. Mixed with it, always it comes around these big events when you're at a convention center too. <laughs> the lack of sunlight. It's I love the that. lack of sunlight, vitamin D, and then being around a ton of people. Certain times of year, cold could be right when it's getting warm too. The allergy thing is very real. I'm currently undergoing immunotherapy for my allergies, which are these drops you put under your tongue every day, and you go through all these different cycles. And you're going to laugh at this, but they tell you when you start that you're not going to be cured of your allergies for four to five years mm -hmm. of doing this. It's like the shots. I'm like two and a half months in, and I'm already wanting to see some sort of you know, return well, but, but on it. Now, they start, do say in six months you'll see uh, an improvement. Well, that's because that, they actually put something in there that's going to show improvement. They start you with basically water, right? And then they, well, work, I, it, they think, work it up all the way. See, now I can, when I do the three drops a day yeah. of immunotherapy, at night when I wake up, I can feel the allergies in my throat from taking that many of them a day. Yes. So the so, claim is after six months you will see some benefit but you have to go through four to five years of this to truly be cured of allergies. This was four to five years ago for me. I tried these shots. Uh, and when I walked in, they're like, you got to come every week. you got to do it on. Like, every, you can't miss a week. See, now or they you just restart. send them home with you, which you is great. You can't miss a week or you restart it. And when you start, you're, you're essentially taking a placebo is what they're giving you. And then they work. I don't know. Then they work you up all the way to make sure you don't have this allergic reaction to what they're giving you, right? They're giving you what you're allergic yeah. to. Well, they have to give you an EpiPen. Yeah, they sent that home with me in case you have some yeah. sort of reaction. But like, I, I just, I don't know. I tapped out, much like piano lessons. Just well, I'm see, out. I, I tapped out before I did the shots, and that's where I, that, that's the problem. They had you go in once a week to mm -hmm. the doctor, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm never gonna. I did it for three months, and I'm thinking I'm not going in to this doctor's office every week for three. So now that I've got, it, I feel like I can stick with it now that I just have the bottles at home, and they mail you the next shipment of them. Maybe I'll stick with it. This is going to be a nice process, though. You know, three years from now, Hutton, if we're still doing this show together, I can come back and tell you, <laughs> guys, it's a, it's a miracle. I'm cured of allergies. Everyone else is going to be sneezing around me. My eyes are going to be crystal clear. No eye allergies. No sneezing. And I'm just going to mock everyone else. And then I'm going to preach the gospel of immunotherapy allergy drops. That's what I'm going to be doing. You know what? Go ahead and start your five-year plan right now. Yeah. Follow my lead. I'm in year three, and it's, it's lovely. Um, and maybe by then you just have to do half the amount of drops. Right. Immunotherapy allergy drops will be the second sponsor on the show. <laughs> Fair <laughs> Within enough. three years. It's going to happen. I promise. Maybe some genealogy, some blood tests. Yeah. Find out where I'm from. Let's go. We got to find out the origin of Hutton. Am I going to die of heart failure or cancer? It's one of the two. I don't know which. Pretty much. What um, an uplifting day on the show yes, we're having yes, right now. Absolutely. Uh, coming up. Uh, very uplifting, seriously, with in regards to Damar Hamlin and the latest on his issues. He's still, in, uh, still listed as critically ill, but wait until you hear what the doctors had to say in the latest update from Cincinnati. Great news. We've got that for you. Next on Outkick 360. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, 360 rolls on. Great news as we started the show um, with the the current status of Demar Hamlin, Bill Safety, who collapsed cardiac arrest on the field Monday Night Football. Uh, here we are on Thursday, and the doctors who have been uh, two of them at least who have been helping um, get him back to where he is alert. He is talking, albeit he can't talk. He's writing messages to them and to the family. Um, here is a, a bit of the presser that was held uh, about three hours ago in Cincinnati from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where uh, doctors, you'll first hear them discussing the immediate on-field care and how that played a massive factor in the fact they're giving this update today. But can you guys go into a little bit more detail or explain how critical those first moments were on the fields to ultimately get him to this point and what the doctors and the medical staff from the Bills and Bengals were able to accomplish in that period? Sure. I I think it it just speaks really to the immediate recognition that there was something significantly and seriously wrong by the Bills medical staff. Team and I speak together, we cannot credit their team enough. They're often, unfortunately, uh, there are injuries occasionally that happen on, on uh, sports fields, be it football or others. Um, but it is incredibly rare to have something be this serious that happens um, like that. And to be that quickly recognized, what they did was immediately marshal the emergency action plan, meaning the, the emergency medicine services. That prompted the airway physician, the emergency physician that was out on the, on the field, um, to be at his bedside in, in less than a minute. Um, he had a prompt recognition of uh, loss of pulse, um, which gave him immediate bystander CPR, which, as, as all many of you know, rarely, if ever, happens. And so the fact that, that Mr. Hamlin had immediate bystander CPR, in addition to prompt recognition of his arrhythmia, to get defibrillated and then, and then back to the return of circulation very quickly, um, that speaks to that timeline that you were asking about to get the return of spontaneous circulation with immediate bystander CPR that was performed um, well, um, all meeting the standard of what we would expect uh, in that scenario is what has led us to be able to discuss these good outcomes today. Great outcome based on what we're hearing from Cincinnati. And Chad, we mentioned this earlier um, on Tuesday and the reaction uh, if this is going to happen, and, and part of it happened because of the hit on the field, we've had experts on that have told us this. Um, if it's going to happen, the best place is in that NFL stadium, mm-hmm. given all of the personnel they have on site compared to an any day, every day walk of life. Yeah, so Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, said that very well, that if you're just at home and something like this happened, mm-hmm. No one's around. You're not going to be in any luck. But NFL stadium, NFL game, best place where this could happen. Um, I feel great about the progress being made. I'm going to feel much better when DeMar Hamlin's doing an interview at some point outside of the hospital. But, honey, it looks like it's trending that way right now. Yeah, and it's because of the last three days and and the recovery process where he is alert. 
Here are those same doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center discussing the last three days and the recovery process. It's been uh, a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, he has been uh, very sick and, and has made a, a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement to the point, as, as Tim noted, um, he, he is now uh, demonstrating that sign of, of good neurologic recovery, as well as overall clinical improvement, as, as has been previously reported related to not just his vital signs, but a lot of his other uh, individual organ recovery. It's great. And uh, it, it's something that, you know, we, the hurry up and wait mentality, but even on Monday night football with the broadcast, there's, there's only so much you can say when you're not going to speculate, right. As a broadcaster yep. in that booth or in that studio. And for the most part, unless you were at the hospital, if you're at the stadium, you're really getting any information and this small amount of information you're getting was coming from the hospital from reporters that were on unverified accounts and, you know, uh, you've got uh, his his marketing um, guy, his one of his great family friend and, and marketing director, who's saying like, "Here's the latest." He's confirming the other reports from the local reporters, but everyone's not taking him seriously. I'm like, "This is the guy." And since then, yeah. he's been on Good Morning America and 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 you know among among other shows. But it's such a relief to know that everybody did their part in order to allow today's update to happen in regards to his recovery in real time. It's the update we were all waiting for for so long was the doctors to speak on Hamlin's condition and what's going on. We got all of that today. Now the next step is getting out of critical condition, yep. You know, not being termed critically ill with this injury and what's happened, and then you know, moving forward, right? I mean, that's it, we're getting back to some football talk now, which I do think is a good thing, talking about playoff scenarios and everything else, but – now that Hamlin is awake, alert, responsive, this is all great news. Now we're just looking forward to the next good update. Hopefully, fingers crossed, where you're going to be hearing about DeMar Hamlin possibly leaving the hospital. Coming up, Dave Lapham will join us. He is the Bengals radio analyst and has been in the booth for moments where you don't really know what's going on on the field in return, in expectation of return to play, and injury status. And we can point to Tua in Cincinnati. Ryan Shazier's injury happened in Cincinnati. But most recently, this past Monday, Dave Lapham was on the call, former NFL lineman, now Bengals radio announcer. He joins us next. We'll talk about Monday night and the broadcast perspective, but also look ahead to Week 18. That's next on Outkick 360.